0: I just want to thank God, I want to thank God for um, who he is in my life today, who he has been in my life yesterday, and who he will be in my life in the future, I just want to thank him for all he's done, all he's gotten us through, and all he's going to get us through, so I just thank you um, for his body, his love, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> morning church. <clears throat> so my heading today is one family, many parts. And um, the beautiful Sally-Anne, who is definitely a beautiful part of the body, <laughs> <laughs> is going to help me today and assist me because, you know, I'm a bit in a zone. <laughs> but going to help me um, with reading the scripture that I would like you to hear or I feel God is talking to me in. I do want to just share um, that I'm thankful for the body, and I'm thankful for each and every person here. Anyway, (laughs) I'll get
1: Sally-Ann to um, read the main scripture I'm going on. The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, They form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptised by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? But God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Amen. Do you want to do do that one?
0: see where we go with that. I'll bring that one up. (laughs) Sorry. So parts of the body. So I'll just um, give a little insight as to where I, why I think God is um, asking me to bring this or this is the word I have for you today. I went to prayer meeting as I do on a Thursday now and then and um, we were praying for one of my children at that time. And um, one of the parts of the body, one of my family members, didn't know who my child was. Sorry. Didn't know who my child was. (laughs) And then I um, sat there and thought, how do we not know each other when we've been fellowshipping for such a long time? How do we not know whose is whose child? Then, you know, the thought comes across my head and I pray about it. And then a couple of weeks later, we pray for another person in the church who had been had had an accident. And then I sit there not knowing this person myself. So, of course, the little bit of judgment I had about this person not knowing my children, I also had, I did not know this person. And yet that person had been fellowshipping with us for two years. And I sat in a seat, and that person sat in front of me, And I did not know them. So, hence the importance of the body. Hence bringing the word today about us being one body. Anyway, so introduction about me. My name is Margaret Nukunuku. The importance of family. So, my first family is my family I was born into. So, my mother is... Was Lavinia Sykes, and my father is Lawrence Sykes, who is here today. I am a daughter of theirs. I am a sister of my brother Stuart, my sister Tina, and my brother Dean. I am their baby sister. I am also a sister in law to their partners, who are Fran, Lance, and Ari. These are my born-into family. Um, I am a granddaughter of Frank and Gwendolyn Sykes, and I am also a granddaughter of, um, I called her Mama. She was my grandmother on my mum's side, and I never got to meet my grandfather on my mum's side. He died when my mum was nine So (coughs) this is my family. I also have a faring-eyed niece who my parents raised at the age of zero and then again at 12. So, yeah, so she's our faring-eyed niece. There's also extended family, which are my aunties, my uncles, my cousins. These were all family to me before... Um, I got to know Jesus so I was born and raised in South Auckland Otara and I was raised multi Anglican and that was how we did it, this was how we lived (coughs) so um, I was eight years when I experienced my first loss that I remember, which was my grandmother anyway (laughs) yeah The one thing I want to talk about um, that God has shown me today since I've been saved, but highlight it from back then that I didn't know, was um, I didn't understand when she had passed what was going on. I was eight. I was just happy to see all my family. There was a huge family who turned up. It was like a party for three days. It was amazing, (laughs) I must say. And even though my grandmother lay there, I just went and lay by her. I thought she was having a massive sleep. I just joined her, because she raised me for a lot of my younger years as well. Between my mum and dad, between my grandmother, um, that's where a lot of my life went. So this was awesome. Anyway, my grandmother um, passed, and it wasn't until they were putting her in the hole that I was like, what's happening What are they doing? Started screaming out of my not understanding. Sorry. (laughs) Anyway, my father grabbed me, held on to me. And back then I didn't understand because I was a young girl. But at this age now, the father God grabs me. He holds on to me in those areas that I don't understand, in those areas where he's holding us back and holding us to him. The love of the father that grabbed me back then also holds me now by my heavenly father, and by my godly father. So anyway, (laughs) carrying on in life. Um... So family number two is my chosen family and created family. So I met Frank, if you don't know Frank, when I was 16, which was, yeah, fun. <laughs> we got married when I was... Oh, sorry, he proposed to me at my 21st. So when I was 21, he came up north to where we're from and proposed to me. And then when I turned... 23 we got married Then together we have Five children My husband and I um, Yeah So my sister Yeah we have five children So in my late 20s We went from Otara And then we moved up here to Kaitaia to live if we want a year, I'm thinking around um, 1999, the year 2000, was when we moved up here to live. So they were my created family, and my husband was my chosen family. So his family, he is a son, he's in nine siblings, he has, should I say, he's one of nine. So massive family. (laughs) And they became my chosen family as well. Okay. When we moved up here, we went straight to live with my mum and dad. (laughs) We just got out of Auckland. Family reasons, but we did it. And then um, once we got our own house in town here, um, my sister and her family were saved. So they were fellowshipping at Abundant Life. And they used to take my two children at that time with them, fellowshipping to Abundant Life every Sunday. So for me, this is another part of the body. My children were saved at Abundant Life. I did not understand that. I'm still multi Anglican, born and raised. And these were the practices I was used to. Going to church once a month... For one hour <laughs> and that's how we and all I had to do was just believe <laughs> I didn't realize I was lacking the life of Jesus but I didn't know I only knew what I knew and it was good <laughs> so my sister Tina used to say to me about salvation and I used to say to her what are you on about you're just in a different school And you're just getting taught a different way. (laughs) My God and your God are the same God. Was I not getting taught? Or should I say, was I just not missing something in the teaching I was learning? So while we were up here, I have to say this. My husband and I had been married for 11 years at this time of my life. And um, we were invited to go to a relationship weekend, which was run by Teo Opauri back then, Trust. And it was, um, yeah, it was run by Rita Reed and Eric Reed. They were the Reeds. And I didn't know none of this. All I knew was it was a $1,000 weekend for free <laughs> at Taipa Resort. And I wanted to go. (laughs) So Frank had to take me. (laughs) And he was like, no. And I was like, yes. And I remember my sister saying to me, anything that is going to be good in your life will come with a challenge. So I sort of heard these words throughout the whole thing. He was taking me. I didn't give him a choice. I said to him... The 10 years you've been married to me have been awesome. If you want them to remain that way, you need to take me. (laughs) So I don't know if that was the best way to do it, but hey, I'm still a sinner. (laughs) And I fell short definitely there. But he took me. The challenge to get there was huge. So on the way out, me and him are going along in the van And we end up in an argument. We're going to take my children to my mum and dad, family, who will help look after them. And on our way out, I can't remember why the argument. I think it was over some kind of Eminem song too. (laughs) And, um... We were arguing, and he must have forgotten he wound his window up, because, you know, as a mum, you're going to this thing, you're shoving pies in your children's face, and you're shoving them in your own. This is our dinner. We're being packed. We're ready to move. And we're arguing along the way, and he gets so angry. He goes to throw his pie out the window, <laughs> and it hits the window, not an open one, which was hilarious because it just made us all laugh. The mood was shifted, and we carried on. By the time we got to my mum and dad's, um, we had found out a family member, or I should say my cousin's sister-in-law, had passed away. Funeral was important to me. I never missed them. I would not have missed that if I didn't hear this voice back then say to me, anything that is going to be good in life for you will come with a challenge. So I didn't turn up the first time I never went to a funeral anyway we went to this weekend and it stirred stuff in us um couples were arguing everywhere (laughs) it was an amazing what would you call it conference or it was amazing training it was we took away some valuable stuff from this weekend and I didn't know then what was going on for my husband So then we found out that the ones running it were pastors and they ran a church. So I didn't know this. We didn't. We just were going for a free weekend. And um, my husband wanted to go to church after that. I was like, what are you up to? We don't even like the one hour (laughs) once a month and you want to go to a two hour church? And I was like... I'm sure it's what my mum had spoken about. It's those happy, clappy Christians (laughs) who are always happy and dancing. And I was a bit unsure. But that was my head knowledge of what I had seen. It was a bit weird. (laughs) Anyway, I think it might have been months later. But we went to church at Kaitaia Family Church. We ended up going there. So I forgot to say, we were raised and born and raised as Anglicans. That was what my grandmother and grandfather were on my mother's side. But my grandparents on my father's side, they fellowshiped in Howick and also in Flatbush, where we lived, in Otara, at the Otara sorry, Christian Church. So they were spirit-filled, spirit-led Christians. Their pastor, young youth pastor back then, was Eric Reed, who was an on-fire evangelist. And she talked about him getting sent up north, and they were so going to miss him back in the years. But she goes, there's this pastor up there. And I'm like, yeah, Nana, awesome. Never really paid attention. And then, lo and behold... The church we end up being saved at was the Reeds Church, and it's like God knew in our family, fuck a papa was important, and who could you fuck a papa to? And we could fuck a papa in our religion to Anglican. We could connect my grandparents going there, and we could connect, and God had shown me the importance of this pastor being a foundation member with my grandparents who were foundational members of that church and I could fuck a papa to being christian back then one of my cousins like don't do that <laughs> they don't do mally songs how could you cope but god knew what i needed to know so as I got saved, this relationship, I just want to share. I know it's my husband's testimony, but I want to share. The day we went to church and we went in there, there was this emotional stuff building up with my husband. He's a bit shaky. I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> it's like I didn't know. I wasn't aware of the Spirit of God. Um, so... One of the ladies, Margaret Wright, come over, and she goes, oh, he's okay? And I said, my husband is a bit weird. I don't know what's going on with him. She goes, he needs prayer. So we went up. The pastor goes, oh, hi, Frank. And he was like, yeah. Anyway, um, we had learned about the power of inner vows that we make. My husband had made an inner vow which I was unaware of, which I'm saying it is really his testimony, but the emotion that drew me in. It was an inner vow that said um, he would never turn back to God. I didn't even know he was with God (laughs) when I met him. He and I were sinners. That's all I knew, but I loved him. And um, so when we went up that day, he was shaking, he was emotional, and I could feel that, I could see that, and I had not experienced that before. So he, um, right there and then, the pastor goes, have you given your heart to Jesus? And I said, no. And he said, yes. And I was like, what? (laughs) Didn't know, we were unevenly yoked. But God knew. God loved us, and right there on that day, we got saved together. So through him, I was saved. He dragged me with that hunger. He had a hunger to be there, and I always thank him for that. God is awesome. I know it's been prayer from my sister. Anyway, now I'm saved. This is this new journey. This is my new family Oh my gosh, what a growth. (laughs) Being saved is wow. So I was saved at Kairaia Family Church. I used to get smart, KFC. We go to KFC, it's awesome. (laughs) But we did. And um, then my walk began. But not only did I go to family church, God had other plans for me. I wasn't to stay in this one part of the body. I wasn't to stay in these walls. So, um, the day I gave my heart, I got rung up by Jo Rana, who said she was running courses. Would I like to attend? And I'm like, of course. So I went and did cell group with Jo Rana. I did um, fellowship and knew this was my home at Korai Family Church. My children, bear in mind, were also going to Abundant Life. So they would go to the children's programs and we would do this at church. So, the body and how we grow. We did... um, So, my new found family, Carmen and Nori, Pema Reed. Um, she became, unbeknownst to me, a sister to me. Today, she's like family. There is nothing I would not do for them. They are like my brother and sister in God. They are, but in life, in my family, they are. Do we have brothers and sisters in God that we would do things for, that we would just drop and go and do things for? I just want to encourage you, if you don't find it, (laughs) it's awesome. It is so awesome. Jo Rana is a sister, but a cousin related, but a sister in God. She actually was like a mama. She grew me through so much I needed healing through so much. So we got baptised, and on the day, so as we travelled, we journeyed, we had baptism. So we went to be baptised with the church and all the people there, and um, we were still quite new to the church, but hungry for him. I was so hungry to know if this God was a real God that I was learning about, that I actually dedicated a year to him no one knew but he knew and he needed to show himself real to me for me to continue in that walk so we got baptized which was the next right thing to do and it was funny and I shouldn't do it like that but it was right I get in the water my husband gets in the water we get baptized um, before us all these others were having word God was speaking word to that one and that one, and we get in, we get out. No word. <laughs> i like, but it's all good, because I felt amazing. It was amazing. The day I gave my heart, I was like, oh, is this it? Is that all I had to do? The day I got baptised, I was like in another zone. It was awesome. The cold as water became warm, and I sensed something. Anyway, I get out. We get dried up, and I read a text. So this was the next scripture in my journey, which I will read. So it was, and everybody knows it. So it was, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope in a future, then you will call upon me and pray to me. I will listen to you, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So this was the text I got. It wasn't spoken over, but it still came through from a part of the body who wasn't there that day. Love God's love for me. This scripture, why I know everybody knows it, but it's that you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. There's been so many heart issues I have had in my walk with God that I've had to seek him. And he is the one who always comes through. I used to go to people. I used to go and party with them in the weekend. But it just made me sick. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. But this was the pattern I was used to to seeking some kind of healing. He came through in such an amazing way. So seek him with all your heart. Seek him with all your heart. You will find him. He says that in his word. Okay, that was baptism. There were so many journeys along the way. Um, That church was shut down. I'm not going to say why. People know, people have understanding. But one thing I do know was um, God showed me we all fall short, we are all sinners. So regardless of what people see and say should be not happening, God had sent these, um, what are they called, evangelists or prophets into the church before it was shut down. And they came and they spoke a word over me and my husband and they said they could see us as trees. And we're going to be replanted in this forest area. Right back then, God was saying, we're going to be shifted before we even knew what came out. The one thing I remember at what the community was saying happened at the shutting down of our church was God showed me an image of this person and it was an on fire person in God. And God said, if I've called you to be this, if I've called you and said this word over your life, this is who you are. And me, and they are still that person today, whether they choose that or not, whether we choose to walk in God and, or not, all we need to remember is to connect back with him, and we are still that child, still that son, still that daughter, still have that identity, so love them, <laughs> it's the main thing, love them, who are we to judge? So we carried on and went to Abundant Life. Asked the the pastors there to be our new spiritual parents. They accepted, and we started to grow again. Then we connected in cell groups, other groups. Anyway, I just want to give a shout-out to Kim and Colleen. I met them there. We became a part of Serious Coffee. In the younger days, we were just ladies going along to be refreshed, the importance of connecting and going a cup of teas with people, the importance of um, taking whatever you have in that day along to this group and saying, pray with me, please. They became my new sisters and God. And I tell you, our age difference is 10 years, but we even became leaders together. Love them for the journey they've been with me, in our growth. So I just want to say that it is important the people we have in our lives, the church people and the growth we have. <clears throat> anyway, Joe and Tina, God started to do so much more for me. And they started to um, we did prayer stuff, we did all sorts of stuff, but there was a stage in my life when my husband had fallen sick. My son was going through stuff. My family was going through stuff, and so was I. And um, the lie was that I was believing at that time because of the family I grew with beforehand was everything I love or everything that loves me would be taken from me. So that was the lie I was believing. I didn't know this. I had grown into such an oak tree it was unbelievable and the healing that came was I went to them in prayer there's stuff going on with me so they made me search it out and God spoke a word to me which was Romans 8 where are we for I am convinced that neither death Nor life, neither angels or demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation would be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That did away with that lie. That sowed in me because. My grandmother's death was the beginning of where this lie became true in my life. Something I truly loved would be taken. And then it just carried on to my husband having heart, and he's going to be taken. And stuff where my son was um, diagnosed with rheumatic fever, and he was going to be taken. There was a lot of this stuff. And by the time I received that healing, so much, it had grown into such a big tree, I believed it. But God came through and healed that. It was amazing to know that not even angels nor demons can separate us from that love. So I want you to understand that. Angels cannot separate us from the power of that love. You know? Anyway. Keep your love (laughs) on. So... This was where I continued to grow and heal in the walk of the body. The importance. If I carry on, I talk about families, right? Many of you may know, many of you may not know. Frank and I have cared and we care for kids. We've cared for his nieces and nephews through our journey. We've cared for um, friends of my children. We've cared for kids off the street, and we are now currently caring for OT kids. Just in this last week, we have reconnected. One boy turned up just just to confirm this is God moving and talking about family. He turned up. We haven't seen him in seven years, and he turned up with his new partner and his baby. And he just cried and thanked us, and we still are what he considers our only good his only good family. I love that God loved us that way to have a heart to love those who do not have good family. So I just want to say to you today, if you have had not God's image of a good family, but have had distorted family or have had a family that has broken you in some way, not out of their own stuff, but you do have in God a Father who loves you. He has adopted you as his. You do have in God, uh, in Holy Spirit, the counselor, the nurturer, the one who guides you. You do have in Jesus the brother, the, the one who is the lover of our soul. I encourage those single ones, if you feel like you're alone, get with the lover of your soul. Give him those moments. Let him love you up. It is amazing. Anyway, I'm married, so it gets a bit uncomfortable. (laughs) But it is that. Get with him. Let him have you. Let him have his way with you. Just lie there. Have your way, Lord. You know, I'm serious. Like, honestly, you will love it because he will love you. He will guide you. He will counsel you. He will minister to your heart, whatever space it's in. Anyway, don't do it without him. Uh, So the scripture was we are one body. When I look at what I want you to gain from what I was speaking, there's a lot I could talk about. Jesus healed my back. The church didn't know the full suffering I was going through, but he did. I came to church with an attitude at the body. Came every Sunday. People had prayed with me like, it's just my head. Not good spaces when you're struggling. Came to church this one day, had been for prayer, love the body. Everyone had been praying for me. People were supporting us. People were doing the best they could. And in the amazing worship time that we have in this awesome body, God healed us. Those people who come and worship every day are an amazing part of the body. I just want to share. Those who go to prayer and pray for us, pray for the miracles. We've seen miracles. It is amazing. They are an important part of the body. Those who set up these chairs for us to sit down and be a part of, they are an important part of the body. And these are my brothers and sisters, whom I barely know. They don't know the stuff we go through and we hold it in and we sit there and we have our own stuff. But if we just went with them with an open heart like we should with God, they would love us too. Because they are his hands and they are his feet who are there walking to love us. So I just want to thank every one of those ones that I know who have helped me through that journey. My thing is, connect. Connect with God. You won't go wrong. Connect in life. As you go off in your journeys, as you go off, don't stop connecting. And the same thing is connect in cell group because it grows us. Connect in just cup of teas. Connect in a phone call. Connect in love and keep your love on because we all fall short. So today as the worship team may want to come up, and as I finish, I do want to say, if there is any area in your heart where you may have been offended, because connection brings that as well, (laughs) but it grows us, remember, if we have been offended by a brother and sister in Christ... If we are offended or have unforgiveness or bitterness to the bad father or the bad mother or the bad sister or the bad brother or the non-existent one. For those who have any areas that, what could you call it, a block to God being in their relationship. I just encourage you, come. Release that today. Lay it at his feet. Be released from whatever the lie is and receive his truth. Receive his word. Receive his healing. Receive his love for you. Yeah. I just want to say something. There has been a lot of grief me and my family have been through lately. And I'm not prepared to share on that. But the one thing I want to share about is that He's the one who gets you through. Choose Him. Choose Him when you're broken. Choose Him when there's loss. Choose Him. There's one thing I want my family to know. And I'm talking to my children and my family. Don't ever leave him. Because he'll never leave you. He always has his love on for you. No matter how much you think you are not good enough. No matter how much you think he isn't listening he will always have his love on for you. Always. Choose him. Anyway, sorry about this thing. But that comes with hurt. And it comes with pain. But the miracle is God is still in it. And he's still healing. And he's still moving. And that does not stop. Choose him. Sorry. Um. invite you to come up and receive prayer, even though I might stand here and I'm still going to pray. But if there's something that's been acknowledged within you that you need prayer for, we have a prayer team. Come up and receive that. But right now I'll pray. Thank you, Father. Father, I thank you for the body that is so important to you. I thank you, Father, that we are your body, one God, one body. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the head. Thank you, God, that you are the father. Thank you, God, that you are the provider. Thank you, God, that you are the lover. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you go about this room and you minister to those hearts that need you today. So, Lord, I just ask that you go about and you ignite and show everyone that needs you right now the lie that may be present. And I ask, Lord, that as they come and they take that journey to remove it from their life, as they take that part to receive the healing they have today, as they forgive, as they love, as they come to rejoice in your love and receive what you have for them today, because you're that papa who's standing there and says, come, I have something for you. I want to leave you with this. I just thank you, Lord, that you are ministering to your body today. Heal the sore foot. Heal the broken arm. Heal the heart that needs the healing. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.